Okay, we're back and we're going to talk about some practical things that we can do to help eliminate worry, stress, fear, uneasiness. We gave the definition, um, the first part about um, give way, the definition of worry, give way to anxiety or unease. I don't think there's a human being on earth, Jim, that wants anxiety and to be uneasy. So guess what? We give permission for something to really get under our crawl, to really get to a point where we're upset by it or something. I mean, Jim and I know a guy, he had an eighth grade education, but man, was he wise in the Lord. And his saying would, was always this, you know, and you can put any length of time on it, but he would say, in 50 years, is this going to matter? In 10 years, is this going to matter? And chances are, it's not. Yeah, it's all temporal. It's all temporary. This is his point, yeah. Because when we're living on this earth, it's temporary. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not a person on earth that doesn't believe that this life is temporary. Now, we have eternal life, but, but our existence here on this earth is, is a temporary existence. So the first thing we're going to talk about that, that you can do, and you should be doing it, and probably everybody's doing it, but maybe we would hopefully encourage you to do more of it, and that's pray. You know, prayer is essential in eliminating worry in our lives. It's essential. And we did a whole podcast on prayer, so go back and look it up because it's really good. Um, But, you know, we're going to cover a little bit of it, but I got to go back to Philippians 4, 6, Jim. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Now, when Paul says pray about everything, he means pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Think about that. First thing Paul says to eliminate worry is to pray. The second thing he says is to thank the Lord. So let's tackle the first one, Jim, prayer. Um, before Before I do that, I want to read what J.B. Phillips said. He said, don't worry over anything, whatever. Tell God every detail of your needs in earnest and thankful prayer and the peace of God, which transcends human understanding, will keep constant guard over your hearts and minds as they rest. Oh, I love that. As they rest. Don't you want rest for your mind? That's That's good as they rest in Christ Jesus. This is a military operation. When, you, when it sits there, and in, in, in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, keep constant guard over your hearts and minds. God's going to keep constant guard. I mean, when you ever see, the, I've never been to Fort Knox in Kentucky, but I, I guarantee, I, they say there's no gold there any longer, but at one time there was gold there. Tell me there's not a bunch of guards guarding that gold at Fort Knox. God's going to guard your mind 
and your heart. That means if you submit to him, a lot of those fiery darts aren't going to come in. And you're going to eliminate some worry by, by allowing God to guard your heart and your mind. Yeah, you know, Rich, they talk about how everything in the natural is kind of a type of the what's going on in the realm of the spiritual. Uh-huh. And it's kind of neat the technology they have that, that America has given to uh, Israel, that when those missiles come in, they have that technology that, that it's like a screen, mm-hmm. that it just explodes those missiles before they can actually come in on the people. And, and I, it, it, you know, it maybe not the greatest analogy, but that's kind of the way that I perceive this thing, that God's presence is what we're talking about, mm-hmm. practicing the presence of God, um, because it's the presence that will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And again, don't take that lightly when it says in Christ Jesus, because a lot of times we try, and again, and we try and work these things out through our own efforts. And the Lord is saying, stay in me, stay focused on me, uh, and I will work these things out on your behalf. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, Paul said, pray about everything. <clears throat> you mean pray about, <clears throat> I'm driving down the road looking for a parking spot? Pray. You know, it can mean that. But guess what? Pray about everything normally means communication with the Lord. That, that's what prayer is all about. Prayer, prayer is communion between God and you. It's the secret place or the garden. And we did a podcast on the garden that, re- that lives in you. There is a garden in you. Call it the Garden of Eden. Call it whatever you want. But it's where heaven the heavenly realm and the earthly realm connect. It actually overlaps. And that's the garden of God. And that's where you meet God. That's where God, that's where Adam and Eve met God in the cool of the, of the day and um, communed with him. But that, that's, what, that's what prayer is all about. It's the communion between you and God. And this communion takes place in the innermost part of your being. That's where the prayer takes place. I, I think a lot of people, I know I was, where I was looking at God out to the outside. Start looking to God on the inside. We are one with God, and when we realize the oneness, our prayers are going to have more power and authority. You know, after all, we are one with him because it says that we were co-crucified with him, we were buried with him, and we have risen with him. Which means that, you know, we the old man's already died. We become a new person, new creation, a new creature, the Bible says in, I think, 2 Corinthians. And um, if you're a new crea- creation or a new creature, a new person, the old, the old one died. Yeah. So if the old one died, that means you have become one with him. And you didn't have to do anything but believe. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, the mind has been so programmed all of our life. Uh, some people don't come into the light or come into Christ and get born again. Uh, until they're in their 40s, 50s. Some are more blessed and fortunate, you know, when they're teenagers maybe. 
Um, so when you do come into Christ, uh, you still do have an old way of thinking. You know, your, your old way of thinking used to be the Lord of the house. And uh, that Lord doesn't want to uh, evacuate. He doesn't want to get out so easy, okay? Yeah. And so there's a lot of stored. (laughs) Yeah, amen. So there's a lot of stored order of memory still in your mind. Uh, It goes back to what I heard uh, Robert Shuler's daughter say some years ago. Um, You know, she was in a skiing accident and she lost her leg. And uh, several months after that, she was talking to her daddy. And she said, You know, Daddy, the strangest thing keeps happening. And he said, What's that? And she said, I know that my leg is gone, but I can still feel it there. I actually can still feel the presence of my leg. And I think that's, the, I know that's the way it is with us. You know, God has become Lord of the house, um, and the old man has died. And that's what the Lord said. So I got to ta- believe the word of the Lord. The old man has died and buried, and this new creation that you are has now ascended with Christ. But there's still those phantom pains. There's still uh, a residue or stored order of memory uh, that still is in you, and and it combats uh, the new Lord of the house. So, you know, Rich, I did read, uh, I did have a poem here that I read some months back about the Garden of God, and that may be appropriate here. Uh, There was a poem that the Lord gave me a couple of years back, and it says, There is a place inside of you. Rich and I... If you've listened to us much at all, you're going to find that we do stress the kingdom within you, not the planets outside of you, okay? They're not going to change you. Um, you can look at the stars, and, and, and they can kind of give you a wow feeling because you know that your Heavenly Father created them. But you are God's special creation, and God literally has decided to tabernacle you, make you his home, and, and that's what makes us so special from the rest of God's creation. And the Lord keeps trying to impress on his people, on his children, that I am in you and I am one with you. And he wants us to get quiet before him and meditate and go inside and listen for the voice of Christ. And there was a poem the Lord gave me. It goes like this. There is a place inside of you. It is called the Garden of God. It is a place in which we meet to speak face-to-face with God. That face-to-face means spirit-to-spirit. It is a place in which we know that the angels fear to trod. It is a place in which we go to walk with our holy God. It is a place in which demons have always feared to go because they're from another dimension in the realms from down below. This is a place in which we find the wonders of his love. It is a place in which we experience his nature like a dove. For now he is saying, come into my garden of love so you can soar with me into my heavens above. So follow me, my precious child, into my garden of love. For all of creation is longing to see the loving Christ nature now being formed in thee. Praise the Lord. Beautiful. we read a while back the seven necessary conditions for for good a good prayer life and first is recognizing god as father second is oneness with god should be acknowledged you may never have acknowledged god and you being one before he's out there on the planet somewhere yeah yeah they keep, they keep telling us 
I tell you what, he lives inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's what the Bible says. That's right. Prayer must be made within, like we've been saying, in the secret place. You know, people have their prayer closets. I think that is wonderful. But the real prayer closet is within you. Psalms 91, the secret place. Number four, the door must be closed on all thoughts and interests of the outer world. See, this is an inner work. Like Jim said, you're not going to be changed on the outside until you're changed on the inside first. Number five, the one who prays must believe that he has received. Jesus said that. If you're going to pray, believe you receive. That's that faith that he, it's his faith. That's another thing we want to make clear. It's, it's not your faith. It's his faith. His faith is in you. I don't have any faith without his faith. Amen. I mean, that's where the faith it really lies is, is his faith, not mine. He, he's the author. He is the author and finisher. Yeah. Six, the kingdom of God must be desired above all things and sought first. Just like we said in the first part, we said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Number seven, the mind must let go. This is a, this is a tough one right here. And if, if you're struggling with this, um, you know, God can help you. And that is the mind must let go of every unforgiving thought. Some, some deal with it. I was talking to a guy working in our house, um, doing some remodeling in our house. And he had to fire a guy who things didn't go real well. And the guy accused him of stealing his money. And, I mean, you know how it goes out there. I mean, it gets really earthly. Uh, so that, The old Adamic nature. Yeah. And so I told him, I said, well, you know, you just need to forgive him and move on. No, that's easy for me to say. I mean, I, I didn't experience what he experienced. But I, I was just trying to tell him what, what Jesus said. You know, if you forgive me, I'll forgive you. Now, we all know that he's forgiven every sin you've ever committed, past, present, and future. But we have to forgive in order to feel the forgiveness that he's given us. And so if you have uh, unforgiveness in your heart, right now, today, this minute, this second, it would be wonderful to just go ahead and let that go. We always say you're not letting them off the hook. They may have done something really bad to you. You may have been abused by a spouse. That's not letting them off the hook. That's letting you off the hook so you don't have to carry that around anymore. And you can live a free life and move on with your life and move up with your life. Yeah, actually, um, if you really want to get set free of that, you're the one that has to do the setting free. Otherwise, right. otherwise, the party that harmed you is still going to be smiling because they're in a position where they're still harming you mentally. Exactly. And you, ne- you need to let it go. Uh, and a lot of this uh, letting go process um, does come through prayer and getting quiet before the Lord. I wa- we want to stress, too, that when we say get rid of all those thoughts of anxiety and worry and fear, 
again, this is not something that you can do within yourself. This is a walk of faith. You've got to understand and trust in the love of God and know that when Jesus said it is finished, that's what he finished. He took all those worries and those fears away. Now all he wants you to do is come to him and hear his voice, and he will relieve you. He will show you what he has already accomplished on Calvary on your behalf. So this isn't of your own doing. This is of God's doing. God gets the glory. I mean, if you think you can do it yourself, then you're taking the glory unto yourself. And I got news for you. It doesn't work that way. We got to give the glory to God because he paid the price for all the pain and the agony and and the emotional and mental problems that we've gone through. And he wants to deliver us from all that. And he wants us to look to him and through his supernatural and mystical power working inside of us, we will truly be able to give him the glory by saying, wow, (laughs) all of a sudden it left me when I was in prayer, when I was communing with God, these things just left me. And I really didn't have anything to do with it. So that's giving glory to God. So um, remember, when you go before the throne of grace, and it's called the throne of grace, come boldly, he says, to the throne of grace in time of need, um, God will do this in you. And it isn't something that you're going to have to lay awake nights trying to figure out the formula on how it's done. Yeah, good point. Well, we said in Philippians 4, 6, pray about everything. So no request is too little to bring to the Lord. Uh, again, it's communication. It's communing with God. It's that oneness that, uh, that, that he desires of you. And um, y'all, the Bible also says you have not because you ask not. You know, prayerlessness, not praying at all, is going to create some lack. Um, and Jesus also said that prayer, uh, that you don't enter into temptation. So if, if you're dealing with temptation, um, you know, ask the Lord to help you. He will. You know, prayerlessness creates a battle in our minds. And, you know, when we pray, it's easier to, to allow God to fight your battles. You know, sometimes we fight battles, Jim, that we don't need to fight because we wrestle around, let it just consume us. And he said that, that he will fight our battles. Man, I'd rather someone else fight my battles than me have to fight them myself. That's exhausting. You'll grow weary fighting your own battles. Remember when King Jehoshaphat, who was the king in Israel at that time, when there was a host of, I believe it was Philistines, and he was terribly outnumbered. And uh, Sent the praisers. Yeah. And he <laughs> says, Lord, what am I going to do? I don't know what the number was. It was probably 10 or 20 to 1. And the Lord said, send out the praisers. It's like, what? <laughs> send out the praisers? With yes. No, you mean with no swords and right. no spears? And right. No earthly armaments. In other words, we're going to have to go out uh, in the spirit, trusting in you. Um, that can be a challenging position. But anyway, that's what he did. He, he was obedient to the voice of the Lord. And that's, that's another point, too, being obedient to the voice of the Lord when God speaks to you. Um, and he sent the praisers out. 
and all the enemies, all the worries and the fears that he was warring with, they all turned on themselves and they defeated themselves. He never even had to lift a finger. So I believe that that's a, a great illustration of God's having faith in God's grace and love and trusting in him. Uh, because, you know, again, it gets back to Moses and parting the Red Sea. There's no way Moses could part that Red Sea. But God intervened, okay? Uh, and, and he'll do the same for you. God's no respect of a person's. You know, you're, you're as precious in his sight as King Jehoshaphat and Moses. He loves us just as much as he loved them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think that with me especially, some of the things in my past is what creeps up and you know, it's like, well, maybe I should have handled this a little differently or whatever. And one thing to eliminate some of this stuff that we deal with is to leave the past in the past because there's not a thing you can do about it other than you know, if you offended someone, go talk to them and and apologize and whatever, tell them you love them and all that. But some of the things isn't that, some of your regrets, so to speak, uh, isn't that you offended this person or that. Some could be. But it's just, maybe just, uh, I didn't love enough or whatever. You gotta, You got to let that go and make a decision that today is a new day. And today... Things can be different, and you can move forward and be able to start afresh every day. His mercies are new and fresh every day. Every day. Yeah. Amen. Do you have any poems, Jim? Yeah, I do have a poem staring me right in the face here. Um, And it goes like this. Uh, It says, Teach me, Lord, to hear your voice, and leave me, Lord, no other choice. Teach me, Lord, to know your will as I listen and get quiet and still. Teach me, Lord, the path of life so I can avoid the ways of strife. Teach me, Lord, to walk each day Calvary's road and the martyr's way. I want you to notice that in that poem, in the first five lines or so of that poem, it says, Teach me, Lord, to hear your voice. There's all kind of teachings out there about how to hear the voice of the Lord, and I'm sure that many of them are good. But ultimately, you have got to have a one-on-one with the Lord. And it says, teach me, Lord, to know your voice as I listen and get quiet and still. And boy, I'll tell you, that, that seems to be a real challenge in the lives of most Americans. But anyway, it goes on. It says, uh, Uh, Knowing God, that inner peace, as I try to get release from the troubles here below and the host of other foe, so I can be a son indeed and meet the rest of creation's need so they can stand amongst the ranks of your redeemed in giving thanks. And this is another thing, too, as we talk about trying to get you unburdened when it comes to worry and fear. One of the main reasons why the Lord wants to do that is so you can be a blessing to others. I think sometimes we get so much in our own mind about, oh, i got to get this fear off me, i get this worry off me, blah, 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 blah. And, and the Lord is saying, you know, frankly, if you reach out and you try and help other people that are worried and fearful, guess what happens? 
you start receiving a medication, a healing yourself. That's because right. the, you'll find out that when you try and minister to people that have mental issues and whatever, you will find out that as you talk to them, the answer is already inside of you. We just had a, a caller call in about um, how do you deal with uh, situations out of your control where I guess she works with individuals that kind of are nipping at each other and just not a kind of a hostile work environment. And, um, you know, we don't have time to, to go into a full explanation, but, but the next thing we were going to talk about is thankfulness. And we must always have an attitude of gratitude. And even in the, even in situations that we aren't really happy about and um, you know not just thanking him you know for the things uh, when things are going our way but to thank him in the midst of trials and in the midst of challenges that occur in our life that's all part of the journey it's all part of the journey and and it's amazing that when we change our attitude and make it more of gratitude, maybe some of that will rub off on the other ladies. Maybe not, but it might. Um, so even if we get a bad report from the doctor, we're not saying, oh, I'm thanking God because I got a bad report in the do- at the doctor's. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying thank him you know, for intervening, being, yeah, intervening, and, and you're not going through it alone, mm-hmm. that he will never leave you, he will never forsake you, he's always there, even when there's a hostile work environment where people are nipping at each other and whatever, um, but you have the peace of God. And and they they see that and nothing nothing flusters you nothing gets you all worked up to the point where where you're acting like they're acting. I don't know if that makes any sense, Jim. Well, yeah, you know, I think of that scripture where it says, you know, put your faith against the mountain, and the mountain will be cast into the sea. That's a good scripture. So, yeah, we have a power inside of us, and this is one thing that God is trying to expose his people to. Instead of us putting up with a lot of the aggravations that we're putting up with, and, and when we focus on these things in our carnal mind, they're very disturbing. But the Lord wants us to start understanding that we have a power inside of us, and it's called faith. And that faith only comes by hearing the living Word of God. And again, it gets right back to where this whole message started. You've got to get into your prayer closet. You've got to get before the Lord. And God will resolve these issues inside of you. And uh, you can be more a victor than a victim. Romans 8.28, we've all heard it. This is a, a different version of it. It says, so we are convinced that Every detail in our lives is continually woven together for your good. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. You know, another scripture is, um, blessed are the peacemakers, Jim, in that situation of of, um, the call that we just received. Um, But anyway, you know, 
I went through, we had just a little bit more time. I went through a really, really bad marriage, the first marriage. It was bad to the point where I, I just kind of gave up on life. And Jim, you were there. You, you know exactly. I was at the lowest point in my life. And then towards the end of the marriage, she asked for the divorce. I thought I was a total failure. I thought that I had let God down even though she did not want to continue the marriage. Move ahead five years later, I met the most beautiful lady, and this year we will celebrate our 14th year anniversary. It has been the best 14 years of my adult life. So my encouragement to everyone is, yeah, you're going through something. Yeah, there's worry, there's fear. I mean, we live in a time when... It's easy to worry about stuff, but hang in there. No matter what you're going through, God will find a way to bring you through it. And when you are on the other side of this problem, you're going to see the hand of God moving on your behalf. You're going to see where he just walked you through the landmines and you missed every one of them. Yeah, I'd like to say... uh the Lord spoke to me some time back, and he said, Son, understand and convey this to your brothers and sisters. They are coming from a position of victory. They are not trying to win the victory, but they are coming from a position of victory. Because all my promises, according to the scriptures, are yea and amen. He talks about healing us. He talks about healing the mind, the spirit, the body. And he says, all my promises are yea and amen. None of my promises are no, not today. No, I, I can't give that to you. But just trust and rely on the Lord. Uh, God is really doing a new thing in the earth today. And, and, it, and it, there's a poem that says, I am the word of God, and I'm churning up your earthly sod. I'm planting in new seeds of life for you to avoid the ways of strife, which is conflicts confusion, lack of harmony. If you hold fast to the head, I will lead you through any dread, anxiety, fear, and worry. So take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for it is easy and my burden is light, and it will dispel all the confusion of the night. We love you. Keep listening. God bless you.